Are you struggling to create engaging content for your B2B brand? Let Podcast Town help. Our expert services will help you develop a successful content marketing strategy, making your brand stand out and increase revenue. With our guidance, you'll create quality content that resonates with your audience and builds brand loyalty. Visit our website at podcasttown.net to learn more and to get started today. We help you launch, grow, and maximize. You're listening to WQYLDB Wathashaw, the talk and music you want to hear. At home, at the office, or on the road, Enterprise Now with LZ Flinnard. Your choice for business talk. Inspirational, motivational, and transformational. Enterprise Now on WQYL-DB Radio. Welcome to Enterprise Now. I am your host, LZ Flinnard, and we have a wonderful show for you tonight. Our guest tonight is Trevor Smithlin with Advertise Cast, and he has a ton of knowledge and wisdom that he's going to share with us tonight. But before we get into the show, I have a couple of announcements and thank yous to make from the food drive that we held. As you know, um, starting on June 17th, running all the way to August 5th, we held a food drive in partnership with Hunger Task Force in order to raise money and food to help feed the hungry. So that food drive is over. Last eight or on August 5th, last week, I believe it was last Friday, we had a very successful event, a huge turnout, and we had a ton of fun. And we've actually had so many donations that it overflowed and we couldn't fit them all in the box. So thank you for everyone who bought, who brought food items to help support us in this drive. A couple of folks that I want to thank, a big thank you to Waukesha Extreme Dance Team. They came, they performed for us, they brought food items. Thank you so much to the Waukesha Extreme Dance Team. Liberty Dance Center, thank you, thank you so much for your donation, your time performing with us, helping us at the event and performing at the event. Forever Faded Barbershop served as one of our drop-off locations. Thank you so much for supporting this effort. Hunger Task Force, of course, thank you for partnering with us. We couldn't have done it without you, obviously. Sunset Popcorn, the other drop-off location, thank you guys so much for supporting us in this and helping us out. And last but certainly not least, Meet on the Street, one of our other food vendors. Um, If you haven't already checked them out, check them out. The food is delicious and uh, they they were there and uh, the people I got nothing but good feedback about meat on the street and the food. Uh, It was very, very tasty. So thank you. Thank you. If you were involved in any way, shape or form in the food drive. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. And we're looking forward to next year. All right. So on the phone I have with me. Mr. Trevor Smithlin, I want to get your name right here, with Advertise Cast. Thank you so much, Trevor, for joining us. How are you this fine evening? Hey, you're doing great, Althea. Thanks so much for uh, having, having me on. Not a problem, not a problem. So as I, I always do, Trevor, I like to give, give the, the guests the opportunity to tell us as much as they want to tell us. We can go all the way back to your childhood or we can start wherever you want. So tell us about yourself, how you got to where you are today and, and what you have going on today. Okay, you bet. Uh, yeah, thanks again for having me on the show. I do appreciate that. Yeah, a little bit about me. Um, yeah, so after college... I went to work with my dad, and he was in the software business, and what he did was uh, he was a custom software programmer. So pretty much he would uh, create applications for clients, and, uh, and pretty much the model there was you kind of work an hour, get paid for an hour. So he hired me to essentially come on to the team to uh, figure out how to make products, because uh, he kind of wanted to get out of the old model of you know, work an hour, get paid for an hour. And uh, he wanted to figure out a way to make a product so we could kind of just keep reselling it and then make it easier on his uh, part of it so he didn't have to keep working, you know, 
to make it a, to make a you know every dollar he made. So I, I went to work with him shortly after college, and uh, we came up with some different products right away. Um, one of our first products was a collector's organizer, so it helped collectors uh, keep an inventory and help them organize their collectibles. And you know, it's just a small scale project. It kind of kind of helped me get my feet wet, you know, with the software game. So you know, we created this product from scratch. We uh, I did some marketing, and I kind of had to self teach myself myself everything at that point because. Uh, I went to school for actually urban planning, so it's something totally unrelated to uh, software. And uh, but I soon found myself in the software game, and I really enjoyed it. So I assume you know, I just I had to teach myself um, everything from internet marketing to you know creating websites. I learned myself uh, taught myself web design and pretty much software architecture, like you know how to create products. So so yeah, we did I did some research. And I found this collector's thing to be kind of interesting. So we sold a bunch bunch of it in the early days through eBay. And now we did okay. And then, uh, and then shortly after that, we made another product that was like a photo organizer. You know, this was way back before the Instagram days and all that. And a photo organizer, you could kind of like catalog your photos by keywords and tags and stuff like that. And uh, it's pretty, you know, it was pretty revolutionary at the time, but it was so early on where you know people were still catching on with it. And this was before you know pretty much the smartphones took off. So. You know, we didn't have a big uh, client base at that point, but we had one special feature in it, and the special feature was it allowed uh, the people to make a calendar, and the people raved about those features. So we had a, a module in there that allowed them to create like an annual calendar out of it. So they said, well, why don't we just make a a piece of software that just makes you know different types of calendars? So we called it like Easy Flow Calendar Creator, and uh, that's the that's the product that kind of took off for us, and we sold a bunch of that online. And then people eventually wanted us to kind of print their calendars for us. So then we got into the printing game, and we bought a couple of digital presses, and it all kind of just escalated from there. And that still is one of my, uh, it's still my primary business today, and it's still you know growing, and, uh, and it's doing very well for us. So that's kind of how I got into the software thing. Now the podcast thing, um, I started this a couple of years ago, and uh, I've been a podcast lover for probably the last ten years of my life, and. So I had the software background. I'm a podcast lover. So I'm like, you know, I want to do something in this podcast space. So I started to figure out needs in this podcast space, and I uh, soon realized that, you know, uh, podcasters were having a hard time uh, monetizing their podcast. You know, it seems like uh, these agencies that were around out there were only uh, taking in the big boys. They were doing, you know, ten, twenty thousand listeners per show uh, under their wing. They don't want to have, you know, the small. They want to deal with the small guys, you know, with the smaller shows. So you know, I thought there's got to be a way to make a platform online that can have these people self-serve themselves, and you know, have them promote themselves in a way where you know they can work directly with the advertiser. So I follow like this big pain point. That's essentially how the premise of the idea AdvertiseCast was born. And then, uh, yeah, I seeked out to go build it, and I used some of my existing team to help me build it, and uh, that's kind of where we are today. Awesome, awesome. So I have a ton of questions. <laughs> <laughs> so I covered a little bit of ground there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All good stuff. All good stuff. So I want to go back. I heard you say your your dad was in the software business, and he yeah. he realized he came to this um, this epiphany. And what's what's really cool is this is a really common theme, especially among entrepreneurs or people who want to become entrepreneurs, right? Um, you mentioned Correct. his his saying of work an hour, get paid for an hour. He wanted to shift that because he realized you can only work so many hours. And then if something happens and you can't work those hours, then you're in trouble. So I heard in there that mindset shift of taking um, the, the time for money principle and throwing it out of the window. We, we air a, um, a podcast by a gentleman named by the name of Steve Pavelina. And one of his um, his things is learn how to separate that having to spend your time making money build systems and um, processes that you can build and it'll take time in order to build those things but eventually you can allow those things to bring in uh, income without you having to to work as many hours doing it so i heard that principle in your in your uh explanation there um the other thing yeah. i heard was you were you were exposed 
to that, not only that mindset, but the action, the entrepreneurial um, mindset and environment. So at an early age, you have that exposure. And so going into adulthood after college, you are armed with something that you can't purchase, right? You can't get that from uh, a university. And that's the experience of building products and services and finding needs in the market. That's correct. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm very fortunate where, uh, you know, my dad did give me this opportunity out of school, you know, and, and I started at a very low income, so I kind of had to, you know, produce something to make, you know, much more money than what, you know, he originally started me at, but, yeah, he did give me the opportunity to come with him, and, and uh, it worked out great for both of us because, like I said, he was done with the, you know, get paid for an hour uh, contract kind of route. Mm-hmm. And they say, too, you know, uh, you know if you, if you, you know, work an hour, get paid for an hour, you know, you don't really have a business, like, you have a job. Mm-hmm. And that, that's so true. I mean, people have to understand there's a difference there where, you know, if you have a business and there's different levels of having a business and, you know, the level that everybody wants to get to is a self-sustaining business where it can thrive and, and keep produ- producing income without you being present, you know, 24-7. Exactly. So that's definitely the goal of everybody and, uh, and that's where you start to get some passive income and, you know, maybe that passive income is being built and generated by your team, but it's what are processes and things that you have in your system that, that you've created that, you know, that will allow that. Gotcha. Um, so also I heard in there, <laughs> you went to school for urban planning. Yes. Talk to me a little. This is my curiosity coming out here. Talk to me about what that is. And yeah. And, you know, what do you what does one learn as they study urban yeah. planning? Well, here, here's the thing. So I'll be totally straight up honest with you guys in your audience and uh so I went to school, and uh, went to, I went to the university right after high school, and uh, and I, I had a little bit too much fun. Let's say my my early college my early college days. So gotcha. My GPA wasn't up to snuff to for me to get into the college of business, gotcha. which is where my passion was. I always wanted to be in business. I was always a marketer, but yeah, I had a, a certain GPA to get there. That's just like a half a point below it to get to it. So I'm I like. See. Oh, I'm like, do I fight this for another half semester or for another semester to get my GPF to get into the school, or do I just you know, keep pushing and get this thing done and, and get on with my life? Because I knew eventually I was going to probably be an entrepreneur anyway. That I'm probably going to get into business, so I, I felt like school was kind of holding me up a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, I knew, but then the degree was a nice safety net for me to fall back on if I needed that too. And and uh, so I, I didn't understand that part of it. At least that's how I, I felt at, the, at that time. So I so I kept pushing on, and I looked at something that was still interesting to me. So it was kind of like business related. And I really liked real estate. So I really liked, you know, real estate development and real estate planning. And then I found this, uh, this major that was uh, urban planning. And it was just that. You know, it was city planning. It was urban planning. I mean, you plan these communities. And, and it's all about real estate. And it was very interesting. So I, I really did enjoy it. And uh, as soon as I joined that, uh, my, my grades went through the roof because I was actually kind of, you know, passionate about it and interested about it. Mm-hmm. And I mature too. You know, I mean, you stop all the partying, all that stuff, so you grow up eventually too, which helps your your GPA immensely as well. Gotcha. But uh, yeah, I, I did. I did enjoy it. And after school, I, I did try to apply to get a job, but at that present time, you know, I'm in a a little smaller metro area, so there wasn't a whole lot of jobs available. And, and I knew that I wanted to get into the private sector. And with that said, you know, all the people that were hiring was the public sector. You know, it was for zoning commission jobs and kind of entering all the stuff and. I really didn't want to go that route. I wanted to kind of go with a private company because I think that could be uh, just more advantageous for, you know, compensation packages and stuff like that. But you know, I also want to work on, you know, creating like a subdivision or creating, you know, something. Like, a, I, I guess something that was, you know, you'd take a piece of land and you turn it into something. So the city, the zoning stuff was more like policing the land, and that wasn't really my interest. So I guess that's in a nutshell kind of how I got pushed into the into the uh, real planning major. <laughs> okay, that makes sense because one of the other things that I try to to get across to entrepreneurs and and people really in general, the the moment that you know your first of all you have to know yourself. You have to know who you are, and you wouldn't believe how many people don't, <laughs> right? Uh, but but the moment Correct, that yeah. you understand who you are, what you're passionate about, and we we also run a podcast that helps people find their purpose. How do you find your purpose? When you know who you are and you know your purpose, all the rest of the, the things become details, right? Um, doesn't matter Correct. how you get there. It's just the end goal. And um, we, I talked about a little bit last week how your path is probably not going to be a straight path. It'll be jagged. It'll be up. It'll be down. But when you know who you are and you know your purpose, you'll get to the end goal. So 
um, I think you're you're a living, breathing example of that. <laughs> yep, I zig and zig all throughout, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> very cool, very cool. So let's talk about advertised casts. Um, you guys uh, help us understand, is this a partnership? Is it just you? Or help us understand how that came about formally. Yeah, so I started the company about six months ago, and you know, I got a technical background now, so I'm able to produce uh, apps and software pretty much on my own. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty well-skilled in that arena. So uh, when I first started, I actually, I didn't want to bother my existing team with it because it was kind of like a side project. So I started with it as a side project, and I drew up some mock-ups. Um, uh, that's kind of my strong suit. You know, I'm a pretty good software architect in that regard. So, I can, so I drew up all the screens of it, you know, and I kind of like uh, put my vision down on paper you know, I, and I got a lot of feedback from podcasters and advertisers on how to build this thing out. So I took a lot of their feedback and kind of built this thing from scratch. And then after I built out my mock-ups, I actually uh, I used one of my outsourcing uh, developers to help me build uh, the very first part of it. And uh, he's actually from Sweden, and uh, his name's Simon. He's, he's just a great developer. So he helped me kind of pretty much get to the first prototype and, and uh, launch with that. And then I had my existing programmer here, one of my existing programmers here in the States actually put some polish on it you know, before we actually did go live to everybody at, uh, you know, at the very end of the, of the alpha, or actually at the beta stage. And that's what everybody kind of saw when it first launched. And, uh, and that launched uh, April 4th to both sides, meaning you know, we have, it's a marketplace platform, so we have two sides, and you have podcasters on one, and you have advertisers on the other. So pretty much we're a matchmaking service you know, for podcasters and advertisers. You know, allows podcasters to come on there. Uh, you guys add your listing with us. You could sell up to three or four different advertising packages. And then advertisers simply come on there and they shop your packages. They can see all the information about your podcast, including demographics data, um, you know, information about your show. And then, like I said, they see up to three or four packages that you list there of what you want to sell. And then they simply can check out with our software online uh, one of your packages. And then at that point, our system facilitates everything. You know, we collect all the payments, we handle all the payouts, we uh, we walk you through the whole ordering process, and uh, so there's a lot more to the back end than what you originally see just from you in the marketplace side. But uh, yeah, it's pretty exciting stuff, and uh, yeah, we're so far so happy, uh, or very happy with the results. Awesome, awesome. So I heard a couple of terms in there that. Um I'm going to brag a little bit that I know what they mean, but my listeners may not know. You, you mentioned an Sorry. alpha beta phases. What does that mean? Yeah, alpha, uh, it's just stages of your software. Like when you first uh, bring out your software to the market, you know, your, your alpha is like, it's almost like you're, you're testing things out first. It's like your first iteration of your product that you're bringing to the, to, uh, to the market. And your beta is like your next phase of it. So your beta is... Uh, is, uh, it's still like an intro, introduction, like product that you're still bringing out to the market. And it's almost like, a, it's also that you put out there for people to kind of test, you know. So it's going to be buggy. It's probably going to have more bugs than it would, you know, when it's, you know, truly out there in its solid state. So that's kind of why you kind of call it alpha beta. So people are going to be expecting it to break and, you know, to have a few bugs here and there and, and a couple snap foods. But, uh, that, but that's usually what you do. I mean, the goal here usually when you start a company is, you know, put out an MVP, you know, a minimal viable product, get it out to the marketplace, you know, see what it can do, and then after that, you know, start making changes, uh, making, you know, uh, adding features, and, but, but, you know, goal was, you know, get out to the marketplace as fast as possible. And I've heard through, through, through podcasts, too, saying, like, if you don't release something that you're going to be totally embarrassed by in a couple of years, you know, you're releasing it too late. So don't perfect this thing, you know, get it out to the wild. So that would be, uh, I guess, one suggestion i would make to your uh, to your audience wow that is really really good advice um i it, but is there a balance like how do you know if it's too soon right how do you know when that perfect time to launch because i, I completely agree with you i'm i'm i have the entrepreneur disease in that when i have an idea something i want to do I believe in just doing it. It's not going to be perfect. There's always going to be improvements, but um, but what's the balance between that, right? Because you want to have a, a a good product that's as good as you can make it, but you don't want to to spend too much time, like you said, and you want to get it out to the market. So, is there a balance there? Yeah, that is a that is a great question. You know, that that is the catch-all question because you're right. Like you you say that 
tongue-in-cheek, kind of like, you know, get out there as fast as you can, and, and you know, and, and hopefully, it, I mean, hopefully you get out there fast enough where it does break on people to a point. But then again, it's got to be a good enough product where people are going to understand it and going to resonate with it. They're going to use it and ultimately pay you for it. So you, you do have to have it de- developed to find enough, you know, where you can have people get value from it. I guess maybe that's the way you can think about it. You know, make sure they can get value from it, mm-hmm. and then you and then you can uh, start, you know, hopefully, after you create value for somebody, you know, then you can start charging the person for it, and then you can start, you know, turning it into a business. So I think, yeah, make sure you can add value. Now, you know, your product might be more of a service-based business, too, where, mm-hmm. you know, service might be easier than actually creating a product. It might not be software. It might not be, you know, this widget you're making. Mm-hmm. And if it's a service, you know, that might be more, you know, you're connecting people with people or, or you're providing an online seminar, so you're, you're doing more of a, you know, a, a, a training thing and, you know that you know you could you could spin around pretty fast too because now you just have to uh, put up some you know training lectures and and just start small you know have I have like a one or two episode uh, a lecture you know to have like a full you know class of ten ten classes how you want to say it so you know just maybe what you're thinking you can start small than what you're thinking you know just to get something out there that's gonna start providing value to people gotcha gotcha so a couple of other questions that I had um, about AdvertiseCast. How can podcasters and we'll we'll spend a little bit of time at the end of the show as well with our um you know um helping people know how they can get involved but how can podcasters get involved and uh, the second part of that question is how do how do advertisers get involved Yeah, great question. So our platform is uh it's it's unique in itself where we don't have any restrictions so anybody can come and uh, participate with us at this point. So if your show just has 50 listeners, that's great if you have 5,000 listeners, that's fine. If you have 50,000 listeners, that's fine too. So anybody can come in. They can add their listing for free of charge. We don't charge you anything to add your listing with us. Then, like I said, you add your listing. You add up to three or four advertising packages. And then at that point, um, you kind of, you know, we, we try to promote the platform as a whole. So we do our own advertising efforts. We also ask you that you try to promote your own listing as well, which is, you know, you can maybe promote it on your show uh, maybe listed on your website, you know, wherever your audience uh, resides, you know, try to promote it there. So, yeah, we have no restrictions in that regard. So anybody come and participate, and it is free. Uh, how we make money is we actually take a 20% commission for every advertising package that's purchased through our platform. So you sell your ad package for 100 bucks, we keep 20 and uh, you guys uh, take the rest, which would be 80 bucks for that example. Now, advertisers, yeah, any advertiser, same thing. It's an open platform, open marketplace. They can come in. Uh, you can instantly start shopping ad spots and ad packages to see what's available for you. You can filter results down by demographic data, so it, it's pretty awesome that way. So maybe you want to reach you know, more so or more of a demographic of moms that are in their 30s. You know, you could definitely uh, target and and do some data uh, filtering with with our platform for that kind of uh, scenario. So yeah, so lots of tools for advertisers to find the right audience to broadcast their message on. And then, uh, yeah, it's free for them, like I said, to shop around and to use. And when they order it, they actually don't get affected at all because they pay the 100% price that they normally would. Mm-hmm. We just put the 820 with, uh, with you guys, uh, the podcast and the radio publishers. Okay. Very cool. So I, I must mention that WQYL DB Radio, we are on AdvertiseCast. So sponsors, advertisers, yeah. <laughs> if you're listening... You can go on AdvertiseCast website and you can check out our, our packages. We have very um, high value, high impact packages available. Uh, that's a shameless plug um, <laughs> for both AdvertiseCast and WQILDV. We are on that platform, so we utilize the platform. I would recommend it to anyone who wants to, um, to, to advertise their, their, their podcast. So, being in the advertising business, how does an advertising company advertise? Um, yeah, so most of the companies we deal with are the end brands or the end businesses. So, you know, they have a person there that's in charge of their marketing or a lot of times if it's a small enough company, it's just, it's just the, the founder or the owner of the business. And... Uh, so yeah, they come to our platform and they and they uh, shop around. And then when they do order, they they work directly with you guys. They work directly with the podcasters and the radio producers. Um, but you know, there's other markets too that we're seeing. You know, we're starting to figure out how to work with some podcast or some ar- some advertising agencies. 
So uh, we've been working with them, and then they'll uh, they'll shop for their clients, and then uh, you know they have a commission rate that they work with their clients on, and, uh, and then they usually just kind of work that as as a higher commission just to cover our commission on our platform to cover their costs. If that makes any sense, because they're almost like a more of a reseller. But right. our goal for ad agencies is is just to you know our inventory just becomes an extension of their inventory. So if they find shows that they want to uh, use for some of their clients, you know, we'd love to partner with you guys and have you uh, uh, use our resources here and just to make you know some deals happen. So we're we're open for you know many new things right now or many many different things right now. Okay, sounds good. Sounds good. So let's Trevor, let's switch gears a little bit and let's talk about when you formed um, advertising or advertise cast. I almost said enterprise now. Um, help yeah. us understand what. The process was like what uh, structure your business is, how it was dealing with um, lawyers and uh, accountants, that type of thing. Yeah, you know, for advertising cast, you know, just like a lot of the stuff I've started, it wasn't real formal. You know, I kind of, I kind of, I get this idea in my head, and I and I put some software mockups together, and, and I put this business idea together, and I and I start having my developer or developers work on it. And we kind of push into the wild, and then I do form usually an LLC at that point. And you know, an easy way for your customers to do that. I mean, you can just go to LegalZoom.com, or I think you actually can state uh, just check your current state that you live in, and they make it really easy to register your own LLC through them as well. I think it's just like a temp, you know, temporary questionnaire, and you're done. So you could do it that way. I, I've had I have attorneys and accounts that I work with because you know my other businesses as well. So I just I just use them as my resources to get this started, but. But yeah, it's it's not as complicated as it sounds. I mean, you could definitely simplify this, and there's online tools that allow you to do this. You know, that, that's real quick and easy, and most of your company stuff can be created just in a couple hundred bucks. So that's it's it's very uh, cost effective, and uh, yeah, it's it's cheap to get into it. Gotcha, gotcha. So Trevor, we have a little bit less than two minutes before we go to our first break here. Um, help us understand a little bit about. Your success. How? What would you attribute your success thus far to? Yeah, I'd say definitely my uh, technical ability. I think so far, what's been the draw for me? I mean, for people uh, that have you know been our customers already onto the platform and for drawing interest in the podcast community, I think you know the website I built uh, holds a lot of credit. I think people see it uh, being a you know on a higher end website. They see the potential in this thing, and you know it's it's marketplace platform and and there's some pretty good tech behind it, so I think people are are definitely, uh, I guess, somewhat impressed with my technical abilities for that regard. So you know, it's even helped me get a couple employees out of it. You know, I, I had employees approach me that love the website, they love the UX, the UI uh, on it, and they thought it was super user friendly, and, and they think it's just they totally believe in the company's vision. So and now they're, you know, I have a couple sales guys just from that that came aboard, and uh, we'll probably be talking more about that after the break too, but. Uh, but yeah, so I think definitely my, my technical background has probably gotten it's, it's helped me to get me to where I am today, off my uh, uh, design ability and, and some of the technical stuff I've done. Awesome, awesome. Okay, so I'm gonna talk a little bit more about the food drive. I want to give another shout out to everyone who helped. Um, I, I can't say enough how much I appreciate your help from Waukesha Stream Dance Team to Liberty to Meet on the Street, Forever Faded. Hunger Task Force, Sunset Popcorn, everyone who showed up, thank you so, so much. We couldn't have done it without you. You're listening to Enterprise Now. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to WTYLDB Wathasha, the talk and music you want to hear. At home, at the office, or on the road. Enterprise Now with LZ Flinard. Your choice for business time. Inspirational, motivational, and transformational. Enterprise Now on WQYL-DB Radio. An old Cherokee is teaching his grandson about life. A battle is going on inside all of us, he said to the boy. It is a terrible fight, and it is between two wolves. One is evil, anger, envy, sorrow, regret, greed, arrogance, self-pity, guilt, resentment, 
inferiority, lies, false pride, superiority, and ego. The other is good, joy, peace, love, hope, serenity, humility, kindness, benevolence, empathy, generosity, truth, compassion, and life. This same fight is going on inside you and in every other person too. The grandson thought about it for a minute and then asked his grandfather, which wolf will win? The old Cherokee simply replied, the one you feed. I'd like to welcome our premier sponsor of the Enterprise Now radio show, the Waukesha County Technical College Small Business Center. The WCTC Small Business Center is a community service initiative of the college with one primary mission to help entrepreneurs start and grow small businesses in southeastern Wisconsin. The center offers a variety of low-cost to no-cost resources, including non-credit courses, services, and networking events, all designed to help real-world entrepreneurs succeed. Remember that passion without action is just a hobby. For more information, visit www.wctc.edu slash small business, then contact center manager Russ Roberts directly at 262-695-3468 or you can email Russ at roberts at wctc.edu. Hello, welcome back to Enterprise Now. I am your host, LZ Flinnard, and we are talking with Trevor Smithland of Advertise Cast. We have shared a ton. Uh, I mean, and when I say a ton, I do mean a ton of knowledge and wisdom. You, you can't buy this stuff at the university, guys. I'm telling you, this is real life, practical advice and um, insight from a person who has, who is doing this. So, um, again, I appreciate you, Trevor, for being on the show. Oh, Alvin, thanks again for having me. I do appreciate it as well. So when, when we, before we went to break, we were talking about employees. Um, let's talk a little bit more about that. Um, you, you mentioned sales guys. Give us a, um, an innuendo into how many employees slash contractors you work with. Yeah, so Advertise Cats right now, we have, uh, it's, it's very small, to be honest, um, so I have myself, I have an engineer with me, and then I also have like a 30-hour-a-week, uh, I would say part-time, full-time salesperson. I also have another part-time salesperson that's uh, strictly commissioned at this point. And I also have like a part-time uh, software engineer that, that was the person out in Sweden. So that's our team right now. We're still, you know, very small, but, uh, but, uh, we're, but we're growing all the time, so... Awesome. Small is good in, in, in my book. Um, I was yeah. Chuck Harris was on the show with um, and he was just just kind of enlightening us on how big small businesses are in this in this country. I mean, small businesses make up the majority of business. You know, if you if you look at the SBA definition Correct. of what a small business is. So um, I was definitely, you know, small business is has its advantages um, because you're very nimble. You know, you can make changes right. as the market needs. Um, so there are a ton of, of, of advantages um, to being small. Um, so what do you look for in employees and people that you partner with? You know, for me, it really comes down to uh, its personality. You know, I, I look at that first. You know, are they, are they going to be able to fit into our company culture? You know, and that's, that's, that's a big word for a small company like us, but it's still meaningful where, you know, even the few team members I have, we had this company culture, we had this kind of same, I guess, personality where, you know, we, we all kind of jive well, you know, with each other. So at, at first, I kind of looked for that. And then, you know, and I've been fortunate enough, too, with this business idea that I've created, you know, they've approached me and they showed interest in this, uh, in this vision that they have already. So that already, you know, has helped a lot of things, you know, for me to want to hire them because they're, they're very passionate about the same things as I am. But, uh, but beyond that, like I said, it's, it's definitely uh, personality, um, and we all, you know, can see working well with each other. So, and once you got that, once you got that foundation, you know, then after that, you, you check the technical side, or you check, you know, the side that how capable are they actually doing the task that, that's at hand. And uh, but most of that stuff, you know, to be honest, it, it can be trained. You know, it's it's not, 
it's not usually something that's that's too technical or or too difficult for them to to understand. I mean, most of the time you can train that. And usually, most organizations have their own set ways of doing things anyway. So if you think you ought to do something, they'll probably retrain about it anyway because you know they have their own processes or or however they they want to you know how they want to go about doing it. So yeah, that. I guess you know for for sure it's it's, it's I I try hire first off personality and uh, if they're a good fit for the company that way. Okay, makes perfect sense. So talk to us. You mentioned in in your answer a little bit um, about vision. Talk to us about that. What's the what's the vision for Advertise Cash? And how does one know if you know when you're looking at people to bring on? How do you know that they embody that vision? And how do you cast that vision to them? Yeah. So. Uh, Advertise Cast, you know, our overall company vision is uh, it's it's pretty grand in scale. You know, we we're starting off with podcast advertising, and uh, you know, we, our our original vision is to be the the, the largest self serve advertising platform, you know, for podcasts and for pretty much anything audio uh, related. So we want to be the you know the go to shop, the go to place, the go to entity for all things uh, for online. Podcasts, uh, or I'm sorry, not online, but uh, for everything that you know that deals with podcasts and airtime, pretty much. But then after that, it, it quickly now we're going to roll out into into more uh, coming up in the uh, coming up weeks. We're actually going to extend our platform to serve more than just podcasters. We're actually going to uh, service uh, influence marketers, uh, so people that are Instagram stars, people that have a good YouTube following, people that you know have a big Twitch following. So all those people are going to be able to use our platform as well to set advertising spots and advertising packages and ad products. So our big our big company vision is to be the to be this huge self serve platform that sells all these different advertising uh, packages and ad products online without the need of a middleman, which is your your agencies that you're uh, traditionally used to. So we think this could be a more of a self serve platform, such as you know uh, Google.com or or like a Fiverr.com. So that's our big company vision, and uh, yeah, we're just like I said, we're we're niche down right now to podcast, but that's where we want to go to uh, in the near future here. Gotcha, gotcha. That makes sense. So you had, a, I have a couple of questions in, the, in from that answer there. Um, sometimes I'm not as as um, technically savvy as I should be. What in the world is Twitch? Yeah, Twitch is uh, it's it's an online. It's an online community where you can watch other people play video games. Essentially, is what it is. Oh, so okay. people on there they, they play video games, and you watch them play video games. Um, so they make money, you know, by you know putting advertising. You know, they have ad stuff that they put on the Twitch, and I think Twitch actually has an advertising platform for itself too that they make money uh, through it that way. But okay. yeah, so yeah, if you're a good gamer, I mean, you can sign up with Twitch for I think for free, and uh, yeah, you can play video games with people. Uh, stream your your game playing capabilities and they watch you play games. <laughs> gotcha. That is very interesting. I'll have to do some homework and, and look that up when we <laughs> when we get off the off the broadcast here. Um, so if you had to nail it down, I think I heard it in your answer, but for um for our listeners, what what's different about you guys? Yeah, we're unique. We're we're the first self serve platform. Um you know, people right now in the space. There's, there's been a, a, definitely a couple of podcast agencies that have have you know helped podcasters you know sign advertising deals with ad clients. Um, but we're different. Where we want to be the first self serve. So we want you to represent yourself because we feel that nobody else can represent yourself better than yourself. So that, that that's how we're different. And uh, everything's done online through our marketplace platform. And you know, there's no need for a middleman that to uh, to help with any of this. You know, so. That that's where we're, we're definitely unique in, in this regard. Okay. So, if you had to say in thirty seconds or less, what made you choose this type of business over all the things you could have done? I guess it's definitely my passion for podcasts. I, you know, like I said, I've been listening to podcasts for ten years, and I just have a genuine passion in this space. And yeah, I've been listening to podcasts so much where I learned so much from podcast hosts and, and from great people like yourself. And I wanted to kind of give back some contribution of my own, you know, to this space. So, you know, with my technical background, I, I tried to research to see how I could do that. And like I said before, I, I found that this, uh, you know, small podcasts needing a way to monetize 
and, and truly in a new product. I think we created that product, you know, for you guys to, you know, start uh, making this, uh, making it possible to do that. Awesome. Awesome. If you're just joining us, my name is LZ Flinnard. I am the host of Enterprise Now on WQYL DB Radio. And we're talking with our guest, Trevor Smithland with AdvertiseCast. And he has shared, um, let me tell you, a ton of knowledge and wisdom with us. And if you if you miss it, you be sure to tune in sometime this week. I'll post the uh, the replay schedule for you to check that out. But um, right now, we're going to head to a break and we'll be back in a few minutes. You're listening to WQYLDB Wathasha, the talk and music you want to hear. At home, at the office, or on the road, Enterprise Now with LZ Flinnard. Your choice for business talk. Inspirational, motivational, and transformational. Enterprise Now on WQYL-DB Radio. Sometimes you can try so hard at something. Sometimes you can be so, so prepared and still fail. When you say, when you are where you are right now and you say, I can't take this, I can't handle this, I don't want anymore, this is driving me crazy. You are saying, I don't want to go any higher. Most of you won't be successful because when you're studying and you get tired, you quit. I'm here to tell you today, if you got somebody came to my office the other day crying, I said, look, don't cry to give up, cry to keep going. Don't cry to quit. You already in pain, you already hurt, get a reward from it. Don't go to sleep until you succeed. Listen to me, I'm here to tell you today that you can come here, you can jump up, you can do flips, you can be excited when we give away money, but listen to me, you'll never be successful until I don't have to give you a dime to do what you do. How much time do you spend working on you? How much time do you spend every day working on your dream? In the last 90 days, how many books have you read? In the last year, what new skill or knowledge have you acquired? What kind of investment have you made in you? Keep your agreements. Keep your agreements that you make and establish a network of people who will also do that. You gotta have an insatiable appetite for success, all right, for knowledge. You gotta want it as bad as you wanna breathe. You gotta believe. Believe in what? Believe in yourself, believe in your dreams. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Listen to me, I challenge you. Why do I challenge Because I know you can't. I listen to me, some of you, you're not even in the game. Can you do me a favor? Get in the game. You could be great if you just showed up. Get in the game. You want to be great. You want to do great things. You want to have greatness. You want to be great. I've often said a man's character is not judged after he celebrates a victory by, but by what he does when his back is against the wall. So no matter how great the setback, how severe the failure, you never give up. You never give up. It's possible for you to live your dream. It's necessary that you associate with winners, that you work your system, that you are relentless, that you never give up. It's you. You've got to take personal responsibility. You've got to make it your personal business to make it happen. And you've got to resolve within yourself that I can do this, that it's hard. But you've got to say, I'm the one. I'm the one to make this happen. 
You're listening to WQYLDB Waukesha, the talk and music you want to hear. At home, at the office, or on the road, Enterprise Now with LZ Flanagan. Your, your choice for business talk. Inspirational, motivational, and transformational. Enterprise Now on WQYL-DB Radio. Welcome back to Enterprise Now on WQYL DB Radio. I am your host, Elsie Flinnard. And if you're just joining us, I am joined by Trevor Smithlin of Advertise Cast. And uh, so, Trevor, let's jump right back into the questions here. Uh, tell me a little bit about how you financed your business and what the process was like. No specific numbers, but just kind of give us a feel on what that process was like. Yeah, uh, so I'm a little bit fortunate in this department because uh, I already have a cash flow business that does pretty well, so I'm using that cash flow from my other business to fund this business. So I'm definitely um, self-funded, uh, bootstrap, how you want to say it at this point. But uh, you know, even if you're out there and you don't have a business, you're not, you don't have any passive income, or you're, you're just, you want to try to get into your first business, you know, I, would, I would say you know, try to save up a little bit of money, but you know, depending on the product or service that you want to create and offer, it might be less expensive than what you think. You know, there's all these sites now online, these tools that help you to get, you know, to hire contractors to help you kind of build your first product. And it's, it's more reasonable than what, what you might think. So, you know, check around, go look at some of those resources online, and, uh, and uh, you'd be, you'd be surprised you know, how fast and how affordable you could put something out in the marketplace. Gotcha. And Trevor, the, one of the things that excites me about Enterprise now is, one of the, one of our goals is to give people an hour, right, with a business owner like you, where they can just listen to how you think, how you operate, and the things that you know. And the other part of it is being able to reach out to you after the show and maybe ask you questions about um, more specifics on in terms of MVP. What does that mean? How does that look? So. As, as you said before, trying to add value to everyone involved. So listeners, reach out to these folks that are that are guests on the show. They are more than willing to share their wisdom and knowledge with you. So take advantage of that of that networking opportunity because really that's what it is. Absolutely. And uh, if any one of your listeners want to you know connect with me, I'd be happy to you know uh, connect with them and uh, simply email me just at Trevor and it's spelled differently. It's T R E V R and then just at advertisecast.com and, and uh, I'll reply to every email that comes my way. Awesome, awesome. And don't let the name fool you. Um, I, we were talking before <laughs> about you know uh, me not thinking that I was pronouncing it right because I have a, a unique name as well. So I'm, I'm sensitive to trying to pronounce people's name properly. So uh, I, I thought that was funny and it was a really good icebreaker for us. <laughs> <laughs> you want to tell a quick story to your audience, or should we just let it go? <laughs> sure, go ahead. Yeah, uh, so my parents, you know, my name is T-R-E-V-R, so they punched the side of the vowel. My dad wanted the E, my mom wanted the O, so they said, you know what, the hell with it, let's just drop it and leave it out. So that's how <laughs> it came to be. And uh, it's all my teachers throughout the years, you know, they thought I was misspelling it, and uh, some people call me Trev R, they thought it was kind of cute. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it's kind of funny, but now I think it's fun, it's kind of unique, it's just different. So yeah, yep, exactly. It. Yep, make, helps people remember you. It does. Yep, I think so. <laughs> so, Trevor, um, switching gears a little bit. Um, actually, no. Let's let's talk about what an average workday is like for you. Yeah, you bet. So, uh, yep. So I get up here. You know, I get up uh, about seven o'clock. Um, usually, um, you know, I, I'm bad this way. Where I do keep my smartphone, you know, by my bed. So as soon as I get up, I kind of you know, check some initial emails that came through through the night. And then I check, you know, some of my feeds that I kind of follow to see what's going on in the world to kind of just get, uh, just to kind of start waking up and preparing for my day. And then, uh, yeah, then after that I have breakfast. And I usually take the dog for a walk. I usually walk about a half mile every morning. And I kind of go through, you know, what I'm going to try to accomplish for the day. So I kind of set my uh, to-do list and my goals that I want to achieve for the day. And then, uh, then after that I usually head to work. I usually to work by, uh, you know, I'm not real early, but about 8.30, 9 o'clock. Then, uh, then I work with my team there, and we kind of just put all the stuff we want to get done for the day. And then, uh, then I come back at night. You know, I definitely have some downtime at night with my family. 
But then uh, usually about eight thirty, you know, when the kids are going to bed, I jump right back on the computer and I hit it. I hit it pretty hard again until you know eleven o'clock, eleven thirty at night. So yeah, I work quite a bit at night just to you know keep things rolling. And, and at night, I'm always surprised how much I can get done when it's quiet here. Because at work, I have distractions by you know people, employees coming in asking this and that. So you know, at night, I kind of get in that zone and I can do a lot more you know marketing and software stuff uh, than I can when I'm distracted at work. Gotcha. That makes perfect sense. I'm I'm kind of similar that way. When um when the the wife and kid kids go down, I can yep. get a ton of work done. Right. Um, so I I, I totally you know, people, hear you there. And some of your listeners might be the other way. You know, some of your listeners might be you know the early the early risers, and that's that's fine. You know, like do whatever you know whatever works for you. So if you're the person that wants to wake up at five a.m. and mm-hmm. you know banging out till, until eight a.m. until you go to work, you know, if you're doing a side job or for, uh, you're doing a side project first, you know, do that. Or if you're more of a late night person like I am, you know, then, then do it later at night. You know, just try to find the time to do it that, that, that best works for you. Gotcha. Trevor, I have a question for you that I think will help sure. um, folks who are listening. Um, there are different schools of thought on this, and I won't tell you my school of thought until after I hear your answer. Uh, but sure. say you have an entrepreneur or, or, or a person who wants to be an entrepreneur. They have a day job. And, yes. you know. How do they break free from that, and when is the right time? Um, obviously, it's going to yeah. depend on their situation, but give us a little insight into you're working a day job, but you know you're just doing it. It's a means to an end. You want to be an entrepreneur, business owner. How do you make that transition, and when is the right time? Yeah, that's, that's a tough question. I, and I think, you know, from my approach to it, it's, it's more risk-averse than it is for somebody else saying, just quit your job and go after it. I don't think that's necessarily the smart move because you know, some of us have families here that we need to support. You know, mm-hmm. we need to keep that that steady paycheck coming in. So, I would say to your listeners, you know, just you got to bring in the hustle a little bit. You know, that means you have to put the time in at night. You have to put the time in, you know, early morning and maybe some weekends or most of the weekends. Like, you know, you got to find extra time in your day to to put it towards, you know, whatever you want to do to. Uh, you know, for creating a product or service into this market. So, and I think too, like, you know, just just start, you know, just start getting after it and you might see that it's not going to take as much time as you originally thought to get something done. And, uh, and like I said, you know, get your first product out there as fast as possible to see what it can do because it's going gonna, it's gonna to change a bazillion times in the first month alone. So don't be afraid of that. But, but yeah, you got you to gotta have hustle at, at the onset, uh, outset. You got you to gotta put the time in and but, but definitely, I would say keep your day job until you start to see your your new idea, you know, flourish. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, I'm so um, sort of a sensitive question, but I always get a kick out of uh, people's answers here. <laughs> um, have you ever had to turn down a client in your either in your current uh, project or in past businesses? Yeah, uh, my my other company, the Keller Company, I have turned down clients at this point. Some people are just—they're just too difficult to work with, and we—and we just decided that it's just—it's just not worth it at the end of the day. So we—we've had turned down business, and uh, and uh, you know, and those people too—they're kind of—they're kind of ill for the company, where you know they treat our staff poorly. You know, they're always uh, demeaning to our team members, and you know, at the end of the day, to, to make a buck, it, it's just—it's just not worth it. So we we cut the ties with some of those customers. You know, it's very few. You know, most people are wonderful to work with, and we learned that too over the years. You know, like. Ninety-nine percent of the people are wonderful, but you get those one percent that are just the rotten tomatoes. And for us, we see it just—it's just easier just to let them go. Gotcha, gotcha. I think that's important, though, to to know that you know sometimes it's 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 necessary and it's actually healthy for the business to to know when to say, hey, you know, we can't we can't work right. with you on this one. Yeah, most of it comes, you know, when they have like unrealistic expectations, you know, they, they just demand too much and it's just almost absurd. You know, that's, that's the time when you can start to feel that they're just not going to be, you know, the right fit for your organization and, and you just don't have the manpower. You, you just want to put the man hours in to, to deal with it. So, you you, know, you set them sailing somewhere else and, uh, you know, because your company's like capable of so much. So, Gotcha, gotcha. So, two-part question, Trevor. Um, I'd like to, to hear who your customers are. We talked about it a, uh, a little bit earlier. And the other thing I wanted to do is re, uh, reiterate how advertisers and podcasts can get involved and, and kind of what your unique, um, 
your competitive advantages? Why should they work with AdvertiseCast? Sure. Yeah, so uh, right now, you know, we have a pretty wide variety of, of advertisers that are using our service. Um, we're seeing a lot of startups actually use our service. We're seeing a lot of app developers that want to promote their apps uh, use our service. We're seeing book publishers use our service, like you might promote your new book or uh, you know, be a guest on the podcast for a book launch. So we're seeing that uh, being beneficial. And we're also seeing podcasters and other people uh, become advertisers that want to promote their own shows you know, to, on, on other shows. So that makes perfect sense. Yep. And internet, and internet your, radio stations as well. You got it. Like yep, WQYL TV radio. <laughs> you got it. So, uh, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, so we're seeing like a lot of uh, online companies use us too because most of the podcasts, Advertising is a national reach. It's not really based for a local reach. So, with that said, you know it, it's geared towards more like these, you know, online entities. Whether it being an e-commerce shop, like I said, an app, you know, a book. Um, also, crowd crowdfunding campaigns work very well for us. And uh, there's definitely some other marketing channels too. But, uh, but yeah, I would definitely encourage you know if you're a podcaster that wants to try to start monetizing you know your 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 passion, your your hobby, your podcast. I mean. So come check us out. And um, you know, reason to, to check us out is you know we are the first self-serve platform. Uh, we make it easier than really anybody else to get on to our platform to start monetizing. You know, today, because um, the other guys, uh, the, definitely the agencies, they won't even accept you unless you have you know ten, twenty thousand listeners. Mm-hmm. So you know, you won't even meet their quota to even even participate. So we don't have those rules you know in place. Um, and also too, it's just. Uh, we only take 20% commission where, you know, the agencies, the other people are going to take probably more closer to a 30, 35% commission. So you, know, you can make more money on our platform from that standpoint. And, uh, yeah, we have a lot of great advertisers shopping, uh, you know, our marketplace each and every day. And we're definitely trying to grow that right now because, uh, you know, our end goal is we want to have, you know, thousands of orders uh, being, you know, taking place every single day. So we're, we're really working on building it up right now. And then on the flip side, for the advertisers, um, your goal was to make a product that was going to be uh, a simple product. You could simply come in. You could start instantly shopping you know, ad spots from podcasters and pretty much shop airtime without these traditional barriers that you're used to. You know, The traditional barriers were you call up an ad agency. They had to pretty much vet you out, like what was your minimum campaign spend going to be? If you weren't going to spend five thousand dollars, you probably pretty much got the you know the uh, phone hung up on you. So we don't want to be like those guys. We're different. Where you want to try us for a couple hundred bucks, we have a ton of products you can buy for a couple hundred bucks. So that's where we're unique. Um, we're a great place for you to start, you know, getting your feet wet with podcast advertising, and to see if it's going to be you know beneficial for your. Uh, for your company, product, you know, uh, whatever you want to sell or promote. So, yeah, come check us out, and um, I think you'd be surprised, you know, how many different ad packs we sell at, at a reasonable uh, price. Gotcha, gotcha. Trevor, you want to, to shoot out your um, your contact information once again? Yeah, you bet. So uh, if you want to reach me, uh, just probably the fastest and best way would be just to email me, and uh, just Trevor, that's my funny first name again, T-R-E-V-R, and then at advertisecast.com. Awesome, awesome. So Trevor, in a minute or less, what advice would you have to entrepreneurs starting out today? Yeah, great question. Um, I would say, number one, uh, just just start. You know, if, if you have an idea of something that you want to do and you know, it's driving you to do this, I, I think just go for it. You know, just start. You know, start tonight or, you know, start tomorrow, tomorrow night if, if tonight doesn't work. But just start, you know, start putting your uh, plan together, how you're going to accomplish getting this product, you know, out to the wild, you know, out, to the, out to the world, and, uh, you know, start putting your plans together. And, uh, you know, that's the most critical thing because most people, they don't put their plan into action. It's just, it just stays an idea forever. So number one piece of advice, you know, start and just get after it. Uh, number two, I would say, you know, be, do something that you're going to be passionate about because, if you're really going to do well with this, you're going to have to do a lot of research and you have to really understand it on all parts of it. I mean, you have to understand it from, a, or from the customer standpoint and just from the market standpoint. So you have to research the heck out of it if you want to you know, compete and do better than somebody else. So I would say do something that you're passionate about that you're generally you know, interested in. That's only going to help you 
uh, build this thing out and, uh, and, and, and pursue it from a long-term perspective. Gotcha. So I would say those two things. And number three, you know, uh, you know, treat treat people just be respectful to people. You know, treat people, be kind. That's always going to you know take you further down the road than being a uh, you know a difficult person to work with. And uh, I think just that in itself will open up new doors that you never saw coming. Gotcha. Well, thanks again to Trevor Smithlin from Advertise Cast. You are listening to Enterprise Now on WQYL DB Radio. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next week. What a fantastic episode. Hey, listen, I want to know something. What is the top concern that you have in your business? Is it sales? Is it marketing? Is it finance? Operations? Shoot me an email, mayor at podcasttown.net. I want to start a conversation around these areas of business and how we can work together and help each other shine even brighter.